All right, Vince Cardi now joins us for the latest when it comes to racing across the country from Daly Sectionals. Good to talk to you, Vince. Morning to you, Dave, and great to hear your voice again. Mate, tell us about, uh, firstly, how the new year started. How did your Magic Millions go? And maybe just to reflect before we get into looking ahead on the performance of Stormboy, we've seen some pretty good judges come out and say that that was one of the best performances they saw. What did your machine tell you after the win of Stormboy on Saturday? The performance was excellent, no question about that. The big question is, where do we place it in terms of a totem pole from a two-year-old perspective? And I always use Vancouver as a, a really good yardstick to sort of get a sense around, in, in the recent decades, probably one of the best two-year-olds to race on the turf in Australia. And this run is, at the moment sits around three lengths behind and based on the performance of the Gold Coast. So that gives you a little bit of a feel for where that horse is at. Probably a little bit too early to sort of shoot the stars with it, if it can take that next step. Because, I mean, Vancouver, at its absolute top, did produce around six and a half lengths above the standard, whereas a runner like what we're talking about is somewhere more like around the plus one range at the moment. I'm expecting improvement, but I'm not uh, getting overexcited just yet. Okay, so there's some reservations. Why are those reservations, can I ask? When you have a, a new surface at Gold Coast and you see the track running a lot faster than what we typically see, it can create a little bit of an illusion on the clock. Now, there was no illusion in the way the horse dominated the race, for sure. But once you make those adjustments and you bring it into line, and what I notice is pretty much for inside the 500 to the finish line, it was probably a lot closer to the, the typical pattern about performance profiling of horses, particularly if you're putting the clock on it. And when I utilise that last sort of 600 metres to get that further insight, what I felt from the data perspective was where I could sort of go back and cross-check it against, let's say, the last 10 or 12 years, it only sort of came in like right on the average. And this is why I didn't want to sort of go crazy on the horse because we've got to sort of temper it a little bit because of the way it's a new surface. If it was at Eagle Farm, well, if it was at Doombin and it produced the type of figures that it did and the one the way it would have, perhaps the performance may have been more impressive. So that's why I've got the reservation. What about those that say he ran quicker than King of Sparta on the day? comes back down to race shape and the dynamics of the race on the day and if we sort of sit back and look at it from that perspective that's a that's another scenario that I I can see why people are looking at the clock and saying well this is the reason why but I felt that that track was changing as the day progressed and when we sort of look at the breakdown and this is probably the real key essence here let's look at the breakdown that first section Kenneth Sparta went 3.2 lengths below the standard and if we look at the way Storm Boy went it went 3.7 above so that's the first insight to why you have such a disjointed final time is that King of Sparta was no way travelling anywhere near the same pace. And if I look at it from a lead speed point of view, 
The King of Sparta race, that pace was around 2.3 lengths faster than standard. And if we look at Storm Boys race, it was 4.4. Again, about two lengths that we have to allow. Now, in the mid-race... There was definitely a surge and there was a bit of a slowdown in the Storm Boys race. How much do we allow for that? About one length. And then the last 400 metres, and here's the critical part, coming back to what I was saying in the beginning, that last part, even if we just call it from the 400 home, we could definitely line that up with historicals. King of Sparta, 4.5 lengths faster than standard. Storm Boy, 2.5 lengths faster than standard. So how much do you want to allow for the variance between them? So then what we do is internally, Dave, we run like a... It's like a simulation. We get all the 1,200-metre races on that day. We put them into a simulation, and then it spits out some intel. And what it basically comes out and says, all things being equal... King of Sparta is about 0.3 better performance overall when you line up all the variables. So, good performance, not going to knock the horse, but ultimately, slightly behind. Yeah, and you know what? That's fascinating insight from Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, uh, ladies and gents, because all week we've been hearing, you know, that uh, this horse is, you know, the next coming of uh, some of our superstars. That's not to say he won't be for his generation, but uh, it will be very interesting to see what he does perform like when we get to some of the other races in the autumn in Sydney, where, of course, we're going to have uh, definitely probably some some stronger competition uh, that he will face. That will be fascinating. And then I guess it will come down to price and, uh, and, and opinions. That's the best thing about our game, isn't it, Vince? Um, speaking of opinions, Rose Hill tomorrow, race five. There's a horse called... Cabalus um, um, going yes. around. Now, Bjorn Baker now trains this horse. It was formerly with Chris Waller. It's at 2.30. There is an opinion from the boys this morning on the um, punters panel that this horse will probably start shorter than the 2.30. What's your data saying about race five, the smallish field tomorrow at Rose Hill? It's going to start really short. Is it because they have a high expectation it's going to handle the ground better than the yes. rest? Is that the reason? I think so. And I think they just believe it's the best horse in the race and obviously looking at its previous form. But sometimes you've come on and given us a, a differing opinion and we have to take note. Well, here's, here's the challenge with the race, firstly. When we look at it from a profiling, because we are going to be on a wet track, there's no... It's Well, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Do you... Feel there's any chance of a G4? No, no, I would say no. They've copped over 150 mils. Yeah, just whilst, too much rain. Whilst it is fine and humid here, I would say that it would uh, would not be jumping out of the ground that much. Although now I've said that, you watch. There'll be a notification tomorrow at 2.30. We're on a G4. How good? Well, I'm going to follow your lead for now. Here's the thing. We don't know what Calibus's capability really is in the wet. That That's that's the reality. If we look at what happened at Randwick where the officials had it up as a slow track back on in July of 23, when we look at the internal data, it was a lot closer to like a G4 than anything near wet. And then I look at the wet, wet track indicator and it's plus 3.5, which means you can handle that ground condition on that day. But let's say we're going to be at 6 
maybe S7 where it still is now, but at least S6 is realistic. Therefore, we're going to have a track speed that's going to be six to eight lengths slower. What impact will that horse have? Now, if the track was, you know, let's just call it good, I'd give this horse no hope. Just none, personally, really? right? If it's a good track. Now, on a wet track, I'm not willing to say that because that price may be justified because this horse could improve five or six lengths even though I don't see the proof. So there has to be caution in getting excited on wanting to really step into this horse. The other fact that you've got to consider as well, with the rail placement where it is, those first two lanes in the home straight, if horses stick very close to the fence, they will get an advantage they will absolutely have an, an edge, and with no pace, it's going to be even harder to come home because what basically happens at Rose Hill is this, Dave. When you turn for home with the rail placement three, lanes four, five, six are the optimum lanes. Soon as you get to seven, eight, nine, ten, you will be disadvantaged. Therefore, you're probably going to have to concede a length, maybe a little bit more, because you're going to concede a length but not getting an advantage in the lane, plus the horses closer to the fence, if they can stay you know, hard on the fence, they're going to gain one length. So those lead horses get about a two-length advantage. Then you've got to ask yourself the next question. How will this race be run? What is the expectation of the pace. Well, the fastest they could possibly go is maybe half length above benchmark. That's, that's assuming we're going to be S6 or better. If not, we're probably going to be five or six lengths below benchmark. So it's going to make it a lot harder to, to, to make ground. And then Calibus, what is it going to do from line five? It's going to obviously come around the field and it may fluke one of those three golden lanes. And if it doesn't, then there's a disadvantage. So there has to be a distortion, ultimately, from a professional point of view, on that price. There just has to be. That's a distorted price and an illusion about its real capability. Now, this field, it's on or around this level. It's not a horse that's three lengths better than this field on that price, because that's really what it means. It means that this horse has got at least two lengths on the field, but it doesn't. And it doesn't, I don't believe it's going to get all the advantages. And now, I just want to make that final point. I don't back these type of horses, not because I don't want to bet and, you know, I'll bet this runner. It's because there's no proof, one way or the other, how this horse is going to handle the wet. Now, if it was, if it was a good track, I'd be sitting here saying, probably a good chance to take it on. But not going to do that, given that the rest of the field, there's a bit of softness about their wet track profiles as well. Exactly right. Uh, before I let you go, Vince, um, one more question because there's a text that's come in on our text line. Yep. It's just in relation to, and we're going to find this, and maybe we can discuss this each week as we lead into a golden slipper because yes. we're going to see a lot of nice two-year-olds. We've already seen some at the Gold Coast on the weekend, but in Sydney we're going to start seeing some very smart youngsters appear. There's a horse called Switzerland. It may not run in race one at Rose Hill. It may not make the field because it's horse number 16. But one thing about your information, and for those punters out there that are wanting to jump on dailysectionals.com.au and talk to Vince about some of the products that he's got available, you can obviously buy information in relation to trials. Yes. This horse has had two trials. Have they been good trials? Have you given them the tick from what you've seen data-wise? 
Well, if we look at the very last trial of Switzerland, its overall performance for the morning was the 10th best of the morning. So that's a positive sign. Oddly enough, it's unbelievable. The best trialer was the winner who's running in the same race. That deputise was the best trialer of the morning, which is very, very interesting. And again, here's the thing. When I see this type of setup and they break benchmarking trials, two-year-olds, I get very excited. But the dampener is the ground conditions. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't feel there's been enough discussions around other horses that have come out of that trial that are also very, very good. Like this deputise, Annabelle Neesham's horse, this is no slow horse. This has got plenty of capability, plenty, to be the best trialer of the morning. And I look at like what it did through that first section. Now, it is only the first 100 metres, so I can't get too excited, and it's 900-metre overall trial. But 6.4 lengths below the standard, Switzerland 8.3. So Switzerland's conserving a couple of lengths more energy, but this is the part that... Many sometimes don't see clearly in visuals. Deputisers move between the 800-metre mark to the 400-metre mark was a 13.5 lengths of extension. So, in other words, in excess of two lengths of high-pressure speed, Switzerland, who's come from slightly behind, conserving a bit more energy, only had a 12.2 length squeeze. So what everybody then looks at is we look at the last two or 300 metres of a race and we see Switzerland coming home a lot stronger. Now, mind you, when I put the clock on it, last 200 metres, deputised 2.2 lengths below benchmark, Switzerland 2.6 lengths below benchmark. Not a lot between them. Now... Who is going to gain more fitness out of that race? Probably deputise. The challenge is this. Will the horse be aggressive still when you come up in terms of distance? So as you increase in distance from 900 to 1,100 metres, there might be the tendency for young horses because they're still learning to relax and take control of themselves that could be the undoing for the horse. But if this horse can relax, there'll be no problems with the 1,100 metres and Switzerland will have a challenge if they race against each other. But again, maybe on a wet track, neither of them are any good. There is that possibility. And there is another horse as well that I felt trialled really well that's in the same race. And that's number five. Oh, you're probably a better judge than me. Well, you are, Dave, in terms of how do you pronounce the name oh, correctly. I don't, I don't want to make it, you know, an idiot of myself. Caravan. Savari or something. Yeah, can, you've nailed it, mate. You've nailed it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another great trial. About a length behind both Switzerland deputised, but it did everything right, very, very solid. So my challenge is I feel they are, those three horses there, the, the ones we've talked about, they're actually technically well above the standard and I can see why there's a bit of excitement moving forward. Uh, now, if, if Deputise could run to the same level that it did in the trial up to 1,100 metres, then it's every bit as good as the horse that won at the Gold Coast. Okay. I like it. 
Yeah. All the information you can jump on, dailysectionals.com.au. Give Vince a call, get in contact with him. Lots of uh, racing to come for Saturday. And what's that pack that you suggest? The, uh, the Very of- simple. Just get the early edition race speed profile, Dave. That's all they need to do. They spend $22 and go online now. They get an automatic update after scratchings tomorrow morning and any changes. And just follow in the beginning, if you're a first-time user, the most advantaged runners. And from there, if you want to get more technical with the data, because there's plenty of information, there's track bices, three-sectional mapping on there. It's got the early speed. It's got the mid-speed, the late-closing speed. So it's not like one-dimensional. You just see one part of it. You really get some insight on the horse's profile. Have a great day, Vince. Thanks for coming Take on. Take care. Thank you. Let's go now to uh, a break. Mick Gear and Matt Jackson next. Then we've got Kirsten Duke, and we've got a Canterbury preview coming up.